Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today. Testing, testing, testing. I think testing. we're coming to you in ultra high definition sound quality. We are here. It's for Vuck's sake. It's the Melbourne Cup edition. We've got some better audio equipment. How are you, Dave? Very good, Jace. Very good. Um, just absolutely shocked and amazed by all this uh, high tech gear in front of us. Exactly right. So if um, if you're not aware of what's been going on the last week or two, obviously this is episode we episode five now. Six, episode, mate. Episode six. It's uh oh, it's going so quick, isn't it? <laughs> so we've uh, we've had some complaints over the last you know few weeks that we've uh, we've had some bad quality <laughs> audio and breathing. Heavy breathing. Yeah, we're uh, we're just unfit. I think that's what it, what it is. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we've had some some comments about the quality of the audio, and um, you guys, I guess, got out there. Well, Naja, the voice of Victory Secret, um, set up a GoFundMe page for some better equipment for us. And the donations flooded in almost. It was over an overwhelming yeah, kind of experience. All over it? a couple of days and just, yeah, totally blown away. So we wanted to, before we kick the show off, we wanted to thank everyone individually for who donated. So in a matter of days, we're up to over $700. Um, I think we're up to 760 now. Plus yeah. we had a few donations um, via PayPal, someone who got in contact with me personally and also um, had one directly through to my bank account from one of my good mates, uh, Vince Noir, off the forum. So we just wanted to, uh, as I said, in- individually thank everyone. So uh, before we go, we'll uh, try and make it like a Good Friday appeal um, <laughs> telethon. So I just want to thank individually uh we'll go through lc ten dollars alex bunting darby atkins russell unit clinton moore dave andrew donald 15 michael courts 15 prawn sanger 10 bucks anonymous 30 ross elliott 20 igor 50 he says he's overstimulated mel and chris 20 luke gasket 10 james buchanan 25 and we've got Setimo as well, uh, Daniel Toroni, Chad O'Connor, Lachlan Dunrick, Tristan Haliganja. I don't know, I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong. We've got Fabio Bartolomeu, uh, Yeah Newman, uh, who was also honoured during the week. So uh, good, good work, yeah. Um, uh, Mark Bowers. Jonathan Troy, Satimo Canatella. 50 bucks, and he says, F-O-A-D. Oh, we already did that. I just did that page, Dave. You're reading oh, me out you? again. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we've also, we've got, uh, I'll, I'll go through it because I've got the next page up as well. We've got uh, Deliza, uh, Fee, uh, Don Julio, who also helped me out with some qu- equipment during the week, so thanks for that. Uh, Edward Bishop, Mark Moffat, David Clark, Mickey Hoang, uh, who I had a bit of a spa with during the uh, the weekend on Facebook, but we're good mates now. <laughs> uh, Will Carrison, Nick Garner. We've also got Scott Finmore and uh, the beautiful Naja, the voice of Victory Seeker, as I said. And also, as I said, we had a, um, a donation through PayPal, through Cool G, I think it was, and also um, Ryan, who donated to me personally. So 
we have uh, we thank everyone. I mean, honestly, it was it was amazing to get that much support, and we you know we're really thankful. And that will go to to paying for the mixes um, because the sound mixer I had was borrowed. I also had some borrowed microphone leads, so I can actually afford to to buy that now. We've actually got enough money to also pay for the website hosting. So website co- host hosting for the the forum and the news site that I do costs about three hundred and fifty dollars a year, which I usually. Um, have to get donations for, so I won't have to do that um, in March when it's when it's due. And also, I think I might have a bit more left over to maybe buy some equipment to to make portable. So I might be able to um to bring a learning microphone that um. And what's left over will be spent on hookers and blow. Exactly right. After after this, and also uh, it's maybe Cup. maybe just the blow. It's Melbourne Cup day, so we might have a few bets with uh, with leftover cash. But no. So we also got some corporate sponsors uh, after all this support we got from the the punters on the forum and online. Yeah, we were only joking about that, but um, yeah, some uh, very generous uh, corporate sponsors have put their hand up. Yep. So we had the first one we had was Ambrosia Floral Design, who um, you'll know around the forum because Shuna's uh, Shuna's lovely wife runs that, and he uh, he likes to spruik it. So now we can spruik it over the uh, the podcast forum over the course of the year. So if you're not aware, Ambrosia Floral Design is a florist. So I I think uh, I didn't get the the write up from tune of what they exactly do, but you, know, you can you know more or less make out that they'll probably do your weddings, your funerals, you know every everyday kind of bits and bobs of floristry, uh, and also I mean. As men, we get in a fair bit of trouble with with some ladies in our lives, and there's always a need for for mm. a, a, a bunch of flowers to be bought for for the women in our life. Dave, have you ever been in a situation where you might need a florist? Uh, there may have been a few times in my life, mate. Um, when I was a kid growing up, uh, there was a couple of times where I used to sleepwalk, and I remember once sleepwalking into my parents' room, and they had this lovely um, chair with a leather seat on it and um, apparently I just started uh, pissing on it thinking I was in the toilet. Anyway, uh, I didn't really have that happen much else uh, through my teen years or anything like that. You grew out of it? Yeah, I thought I grew out of it but um, my now wife um, had the displeasure of dealing, we used to live in a place in Flemington and I think I got home pretty late from a VUC game once and uh, Apparently, I was trying to find the toilet again, and I uh, instead uh, found the oven and um, was uh, doing my business uh, in the direction of the oven. So, I was in the doghouse for uh, significant weeks. Um, and, uh, you yeah, know, I, if, I if would, I'm in the doghouse, I need something like a florist to get me out of it. I would, I would definitely say uh, an occasion such as pissing in an oven certainly warrants a florist to, um, to, to get some flowers whipped up to, to the, the rescue. Wife. Yeah. Especially, I mean, I know a lot of people, especially in the South End, who are getting older, they're getting married, and they, they go out to victory games. They, they, get, they get a bit carried away. They come home a bit too drunk, or either they come home at like 1 a.m. or maybe the next day at 7 a.m. I'm thinking um, maybe of one, one particular person who we had on the, uh, on the podcast in week three, Budzer, who is almost in trouble on a, on a weekly he's basis. He's always in the wife. doghouse, yeah. Exactly. So he'll, um, he'll get quite a bit out of this. So he, he, should, uh, he should listen up and take down this, this famous number for Ambrosia Floral Design. They're down at uh, Assembly Drive in Telmarine, but you can give them a call on 9338-3609. And uh, as I said, we'll, we'll, um, we'll have a partnership with them for the, uh, throughout the, uh, the rest of the season. We also had another one, uh, which is the Our IT Services. Once again, uh, a, a business that you'll know of um, through the forum because it's run by Victory 2006. Uh, he's an IT professional. Um, I mean, yeah, so he'll, he'll come and help out with any kind of, you know, nicks and knacks that you need for, for IT support. 
Yeah, Jace, have you ever had a, an occasion where you had, would have had to have called upon some I would, IT services I like do, this? Something does stick out in my mind, but I could have used some IT support. Uh, I'll take you back to maybe year 11 when I was on the forum for the first... You know, I joined the forum back in 2006, and I think I was in year 11 then. And there was a thread called the Raiderack thread where uh, members of the forum would post photos of breasts of, uh, of women and so forth. So... Being a, a young man who was interested in in the female form, I I <laughs> kind of stumbled across that that web oh, that web page and entered it in it uh, during IT class at at, uh, at school. So I clicked it's, on the page. It's and probably one of the most uh, busiest threads in the lounge and on the uh, VUC forum. Yeah, it was. So if if you guys are familiar with hot linking and what hot linking is, so when people post photos on the forum, they'll they'll take it from wet different websites and they'll take the um, the URL and just slot it into the forum. Um, on the page so what what people would do is they would extract like 50 different photos from all these different websites and hot link them through the same website so when you click mm. on the forum page it'll bring up the um all these different photos so when i when i did that at school in it class and i clicked on the the link all these images kind of were d- rejected because it, you know the, the school filter said no oh, some sort of firewall mate yeah so what this did is when i opened this page it sent off <laughs> you know fucking fire alarms because <laughs> It, it looked like I was on one page, but it looked like I was trying to visit like a hundred different porn sites. So oh about a, about a week later, I got called into the principal's office um, with the principal, the assistant principal, my coordinator, and my mother, <laughs> and they were very very much concerned over this. It seemed like a problem that I had, a very serious problem with porn. We need to talk, Jason, about your porn problem. Exactly. So they, they go, Jason, you're actually visiting a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of porn sites. And I tried to explain to these people who... On the school network, no less. On the school network. Yeah. I tried to explain to these people who you know, weren't, weren't good with computers and they didn't understand. I tried to ex- explain to them what hot linking was. They wouldn't have a bar of it. so I got It sounds s- like something that you would perform in a sexual act or something. You know, <laughs> exactly. They probably thought, you know, being a sex pest that I was, that's what <laughs> I was doing. Uh, so I got suspended for three days and, yeah, my mum was very concerned about my, my internet habits. Um, I could have used Pete at the um, the LIT services to maybe explain to them what hot linking was and it wasn't as bad as what it seemed. Um, so in future, if you're in that position with maybe a wife or a mm. colleague at work or maybe your manager, um, give the LIT services a call at one eight hundred eight four three six nine five. I believe he does call call outs and things like that. So if you have any issues with your computer or your internet browsing history, um, he can certainly help you with maybe wiping that away. <laughs> there isn't uh, a whole lot going on in the uh, the land of Vuctry this week. We've got a, we had a game last week and a game this week. So what we have on the agenda is we'll, we'll talk obviously about the, the FFA Cup match that we had last week where we got into the final. Uh, we'll talk about the Melbourne Cup Eve game last night, which was Melbourne versus Burlington Phoenix. We're also going to chat a little bit about the uh, the history or oh, sorry, the future rather of television broadcasting with with the EPL rights and also how that affects the A League and sport in general. So that'll be a bit of an interesting discussion, and we'll also uh, look forward to the FFA Cup final on Sunday night. As far as the music theme for this week goes, I want it to be a little bit topical for those Melbournians out there. So for for those of you who are you know cultured and sophisticated, the uh, the David Bowie exhibition David Bowie is finished in Melbourne on Monday, I believe it was. Mm. Uh, that was going for for about four or five months. It was a quite, quite a good exhibition, but it's all over now. If you did miss it, we're going to uh, treat you to the uh, the stylings of David Bowie this week. Hmm. It's going to be a David Bowie theme. So without any further ado, let's get on with it.
two games to chat about this week. Uh, we had the on Wednesday night Melbourne versus Hume City. Uh, Melbourne looked a little bit shaky, but it, in the end got the three nil result. Uh, I watched the first twenty minutes. I had uh, a basketball come in. I played in a very awful basketball team at MSAC on Wednesday night, so I missed out on the game. I did watch the first twenty minutes. All I did see was was Hume City getting in behind Melbourne and almost scoring a goal, but obviously it looks like they steadied and and scored first and then uh, kind of held on until, until the end where they piled on a few more goals. What were your thoughts on the game, Dave? Well, we didn't really get out of second gear at all during this game. Um, Kev, with an obvious mind to the future fixtures, like the Phoenix game just last night, he rotated as expected. So he moved Broxham into the midfield for Valeri he uh, gave Macarunas a start in uh, Finkler's stead. Uh, and Macarunas was pretty lively and energetic, I felt. Um, at the back, he installed Galifuoco for his first ever senior appearance at the club. He was uh, a little shaky, but seeing it, it was actually his first ever senior game, which I found out after the That's game. That's a good point, yeah. It's um, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, so, yeah, he was under the spotlight a little bit there and I saw a little bit of flack coming his way, but, you know, he's still young. Uh, Galloway and Garia. Uh, look, both both those guys returned to the side on on both sides of our... Uh, on both full-back positions. And, you know, Galloway in particular looked really confident on the ball, made some great runs along that left flank. And, look, I think at the moment we're really blessed in those full-back spots. We've had to call upon Manane this year. And, look, the fact that someone like Galloway is struggling to get a start at the moment... Um, it's, it all bodes well. And look, up front we rested. Uh, Fahid Ben Kalfala gave Payne a full game. He was okay in parts. Uh, but look, overall, I think Hume played a pretty decent game tactically, uh, at, at least for the first half and m- for periods of the second as well. They were probably unlucky uh, to not get a penalty in the first half. There was a handball in the box. So we'll touch and go sort of call that one. And then look, um, yeah, we scored through Barisha just before half-time via a penalty. A dubious penalty, was it, from what I could read on social media? Uh, look, it, it's technically a penalty, but, you know, you've seen those waved away. Um, and just, you know, I think we were pretty fortunate that ours, well, you know, sorry, Hume's penalty call got waved away and ours was given. You know, it was a crucial time in the game and really uh, took the wind out of Hume's sails. So that was at the beginning of the match, wasn't it? So, as I, I watched maybe the first 20 minutes. Pretty close, and, yeah. Uh, and I think Garia was the one with the handball. And once again, you've seen those given. I think That's right. His hand was away from his body. And, you know, as going by the rule book, that, that is a penalty. Exactly right. And also they had that chance where they got in uh, behind the defence and, and uh, crossed it in, but just obviously missed, I think, the striker in Hume City there. So yeah, they had, yeah. had some good chances. And I must say, as far as Hume City goes and they're running the cup, I was really excited by... By their matches and in, the, in the, I guess in the roundup, oh, sorry, the lead up to the to the semi final, I was always kind of you know finding myself following them. I think one of their one of their early games in the round of thirty two where they might have they might have come back an extra time yep. a few times. That was really exciting. So well done to uh, to Hume City. Yeah, you got to them. you got to take your hat off to Lou uh, Achevsky. Um, he uh, this was as you said last week the Cinderella Cup run from the NPL. Uh, they did incredibly well. Um, look and. I think the scoreline flattered us. You know, Barbarous has had a really well-placed shot um, uh, sort of towards the end of the game and then uh, a first-ever senior goal to Jason Guerra in junk time. So, look, the build-up for Guerra's goal was, you know, the pick of the bunch. But, look, by that stage, Hume were exhausted. The scoreline, as I said, flattered us. We did enough to win. 
but better teams on that particular night would have punished us, I reckon. Yeah, exactly. Right. I'll just go back to the just go back to the Hume City. Theo Malcalis obviously had a had a good run. Do you see him getting back into the A League? He seemed like a bit of a spoiled brat when he was at Melbourne Victory. Maybe more concerned talking to girls about how much of a football star <laughs> he was and actually playing football. And now he's come back, yeah. come into I guess um, Hume City side. He's looks like he's put his head put his head down, yep. started working hard, and he, he was a legitimate threat through the, throughout the he whole was, competition. Yeah. Uh, will he get ever get another chance? If, if Andrew Naboo was close to, to trialling with you know Central Coast, maybe Marcellus could be a chance as well to um to get a spot somewhere. It's a, it's a pretty good call. Look, he uh, Theo himself acknowledged after he left Victory that he didn't really take his time at the club seriously enough. So, I think what you're sort of hinting towards there about the sort of uh, Social life, perhaps, and uh, not not really bedding down the, as a professional. The, yeah, I heard, this, I heard he was the king of uh, the Epping High School girls when he was uh, back in that at right? the victory. Yeah, okay. so I mean, yeah, I, sp- I guess what are you going to do when you're 20 years old and you've got money in your professional football? I'd do the same. I think he has a chance if you know some things happen at some of the uh, lesser light clubs where you know there's there could be a reason for an injury replacement or someone to come out on trial. He yeah, he he clearly has some ability. So, and we've seen far worse players in the A League. As you said, Gary Us got his first goal, and his uh, his play was you know absolutely adored on uh, on the forum and social media. He slotted into the first team on Monday night for the now it's an annual Melbourne Cup Eve game. Yeah, and it's it's actually not too bad. There's some pessimism during the day about the crowd, but there's also it was the Top Monday night Cup Eve crowd ever. Um, as far as I think this is the third year in a row this has occurred. Uh, so 25,000 turned out. 3 uh, 0 win. We looked better. I think I've said every week that I don't know what to take away from these games because I don't know how we're playing. I think I've kind of come to a conclusion that uh, we're not where we're going to be this, at the end of the year. So I think we're still easing into that, into that groove. Yep. I thought at the start of the year, given the fact that we had a fairly uh, stable team that had played with each other for 12 months. I thought we'd go back to exactly what we were this, at the end of the last season. Uh, but it's still obviously finding some time to um, to get that groove. But there's obviously a lot more positive signs this week. Definitely. The, the, the clear, it was clear that we, we took our chances this time. And it was actually a, a really dominant performance. Um, it actually surprised me a little given the build-up and the flat performance we had against Hume. Um, and it, I wasn't surprised because I didn't think we could play like that, but rather because, you know, I thought all the events surrounding Wellington last week, you know, and their precarious state right now with the A-League and their potential exit next season, I thought they'd be right up for it. And in the end, we should have actually been 3-0 up at halftime uh, in, instead of 3-0 up at the end of the game. So, um, And look, what, what can you say about Barisha? Um, just when people out there in internet land were starting to write him off, he pulls out a game like that. Yeah, he just finds those goals. It was two goals that were actually kind of lucky in a sense because the first one he kind of lost it under his feet but then regained his composure and, and slowed it through. And then obviously the second one tried around the keeper, uh, got caught by our old mate Glenn Moss <laughs> and then uh, and then stumbled and, and slotted it, it again. So uh, in, encouraging signs from Barisha. I just love his never-say-die approach to every game. And, you know, it won't always come off, you know. Sometimes he'll be a little bit off the boil. and But, you know, he, he just snatched at everything last night and the post-game stuff I just he's just infectious the way he speaks to the media and just his his whole attitude um you know I have to admit when he arrived at the club obviously serious questions about the type of person he was but he's clearly just one of these guys that has 
wicked white line fever. And he just loves playing in, in front of more than 10,000 people, in a, yeah. uh, not, not playing in an empty Suns Corp stadium. He, <laughs> he's playing for people who now appreciate him and come to watch him and talk about him. So yep. uh, he's just, this is the right fit for him. And it's glad, it's good to see him, um, you know, getting, re- getting reward for the work uh, he puts in, you know, every game. Uh, Costa as well was beautiful. Yeah, uh, I was just about to talk about him. Got a deflected gold. It wasn't credited to him, but he'll, he'll count it. Uh, so our front three... All bar Carl Feller are working well. Carl Feller yeah. still easing into it. Costa Barbarossa so far is the player of the season for us. Um, every game he's been the main threat. He's been just beating players. And look, I think now that um, Gary is back in, um, I think he, on, on that right-hand side, I think they combine fairly well. And look, I think easily um, it's going to be uh, difficult for us when he's off on Kiwi international duty. There's no uh, obvious replacement. I think, you know, George Howard will come in because Connor Payne can't really play on the right. And the other guy I want to mention is Vukovic. Um, I thought he, that was by far his best game in our colours and it was extremely pleasing, you know. And Definitely. Uh, I'm obviously on this podcast, I've kind of been a bit of an anti-Vuka. <laughs> uh, I've, I've, I've figured out you know, what I think of him. So I feel like... I'm going to kind of relate him to Nathan Coe. There's going to be good times and there's going to be some times I'm saying, what the fuck are you doing? One of those times was when he, uh, he came out into no man's land, almost lost it, uh, almost got rounded and then and kind of just stuck out a hand and chased after the player and, and, and saved the goal. Yep. Uh, and then also he made some obviously some great saves as well. So uh, I'm a VUCA fan for now, but I uh, I will you know have have my moments where I might give him a spray a few times. That's the not year. a bad analogy. I don't think he's as uh, erratic as as Co. Co used to just you know really just come out when he didn't have to a lot. Um, Vukovic, yeah, I think he's a little bit more measured. I'm a bit surprised you're you're saying Vukovic, the guy who um, hit hit a, hit an umpire during a grand final, isn't erratic. <laughs> but um, I think he'll have some brain fade. Maybe not to the same kind of uh, extent that Co did. But yeah, uh, I yeah. think there'll be a few silly goals. But obviously, we'll also get some good with the bad. And we can't finish off talking at, uh, about this game without mentioning Daniel Georgievsky. He, My favorite player. He, look, he he returned to to left back last night. So. He, he was actually he's actually a right back naturally, um, but last year of course he he pretty much played as a the left full back for most of the season. Um, what a game that he had last night! He's just he's got so much in his kit bag. He's obviously a massive threat going forward. He's adventurous, you know, and he just draws out opposition midfielders and defenders when he sort of uh, marauds forward, and he gives the likes of FBK and Finkler and Barbarusis a lot more space to work with. So that that effect that he has on sort of affecting the shape of of an opposition as we sort of march forward. It was his best performance of the season so far and our best performance of the season so far by a mile and an excellent way to head into an FFA Cup final. Yeah, he could easily be a five or six goal a season defender, which we've never had bar Kevin Musket, who was obviously taking the penalties. It's just, it adds another dimension and you can never never relax when you've got Georgieski running down uh, down the wing, he's just yeah, he's absolutely dangerous. So great to um to see him fire up mm. for this year. And it looks like hopefully the Vuck are back on track and working up to uh to where they were, you know, at the uh in the middle parts and end of last season. Agreed. Didn't know what time it was, the lights were low. Oh, oh.
Member of the week this week goes to a TV channel or a group of TV channels called Fox Sports, and we're not just conf- uh, confined to to football on this one. Fox Sports have had a bit of a, a dirty run lately. Uh, you might notice on the Fox Sports uh, social media pages their incessant obsession with Jared Hayne. Uh, Jared Hayne, who obviously was recently cut by the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday. Uh, and they're, they're milking it for all, all they can do for... Milking it for all they can uh, this week with... I think we had seven articles on Sunday and it's just incessant. It doesn't stop. We've also got Dwayne Russell taking over the NBL commentary is just... It's nauseating. I... You might remember, you might know Dane Russell from the AFL. He's a obnoxious commentator, and he's actually he's ruining basketball in Australia. Oh, baby! You know the, the NBL you know, reformed, and there was some optimism about how good it would be. And then you just hear Dwayne Russell; he has no idea what's going on. Oh, baby! Bring back Steve Carfino. Yeah, exactly. But more so, obviously, there was news on Monday that that uh, Fox Sports and Foxtel lost the rights to the EPL, which is going to be catastrophic for everyone, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. We've had... Look, we don't know all the details yet, so we've obviously got to keep the powder dry a little bit. But, you know, as a, as a long-time Foxtel subscriber myself, I'm pretty gutted by this. Um, the Premier League is one of the, you know, main reasons I have it. Um, ha- has always been one of the main reasons I have it, and um, yeah, it's it it's just from a convenience point of view for me having all the sport that I love in one neat package, being able to record it, being able to live pause, all of these little things have just become accustomed to. It's just a natural part of my uh, viewing uh, pleasures, you know, and it's just a uh, yeah, I'm devastated. Yep. So Fox Sports this week. Gets our member of the week because they're on, to, to quote a man from the forum who was on the project once, they're on their last knees, aren't they? <laughs> they certainly are. Um, they're they're going to lose so much patronage out of this. Um, you know, there, there's, there's people out there who subscribe to Foxtel purely because of the Premier League. Um, the fact that you have... The red button, what's it called now? The red button where you're multi-choice viewer viewer's or, choice. Yeah, viewer's choice, that thing. You know, and you can watch your team if you, or you can watch the feature game. And, and just also the amount of work the 
um, football crew at Fox Sports do. So all of the guys there, like Bosnich and Robbie Slater and all of the pre-game, post-game stuff and, you know, the day-long football stuff we see sometimes, you know, that leads out of the A-League and into the EPL is just such quality viewing and they're going to just lose subscribers because the A-League on its own isn't, for a lot of people, enough of a reason to pay 90 or or $100 a month or even just the basic sports package, which is, you know, probably 50 or 60 a month. Okay, so I kind of deviated from the David Bowie theme just for a second there because I wanted to play the Beatles' Revolution. Uh, it's a bit risky because I think you can get sued by the Beatles because you're not allowed to play any kind of their music on <laughs> radio or TV. You probably get sued by all of these. Yeah, exactly. So we're, we're I'm, snipping. If, if enough people listen to, to this, I, I could get you know, a fair bit of legal trouble. But I wanted to, to play Beatles Revolution because I think we're in the midst of the start of a revolution not seen since the start of television. And I wanted to expand on broadcasting of sport in general because it looks like with Optus buying the TV rights uh, to the EPL – we're going to see a shift away from uh, TV and obviously free-to-air TV and pay TV. And it's going to be all about uh, all these different Streaming services. And, uh, yeah, sh- subscription services. Yeah. So there's been a, a fierce debate on the forum about the, I guess, the, the future and what, what's in store. Because right now we're in a really awful situation where we've got not just sport, but in terms of content with TV, you've got so many different streaming services and they're all offering different things and offering the same things and you have to buy a subscription to each one to get the full picture. So we've got, obviously, as far as TV and movies goes, you've got Presto, Netflix, Stan, and uh, I can't think what Plenty of others, yeah. others. Uh, And then you've got, as far as sports going, we've got the uh, Telstra who have the rights to the AFL and they're looking to, to expand that to, to try and play that, obviously, um, on more than just phone and, in, uh, and also laptops. Uh, they're looking to expand that to playing um, on their own Telstra TV um, system, which was set up. Then we've got, as far as that goes, we've got Optus, who are now playing, or entering the game with Fetch TV. We've got Chromecast. We've got Apple TV. It's, it's so much at the moment, it <coughs> looks like we're... It's a bit confusing, really. I don't know where to start. Like, if, if it turns out that I'm going to uh, ditch... Foxtel, um, which I haven't made a decision on, but I wouldn't wouldn't know where to start. What does this mean from the ISP that you you happen to subs- subscribe to? What does it mean as far as internet connections? And what I mean specifically there is connection speeds. And you know, to stream stuff, uh, you need a pretty solid connection there. And so this opens up a massive Pandora's box for everybody, really. And you know, we're talking about ENBN and everything, uh, we're years away from having that kind of speed countrywide, aren't we? So, well, the problem with that is, uh, allegedly, if you, if you read the press, that with all this shit that's going on, the NBN isn't going to be able to cope with it because eventually, in it seems like in 10 to 15 years' time, there'll be, I think there'll be no free-to-air TV. It'll be you buy perhaps a Chromecast box or an Apple TV mm. box and all your TV runs through that. So all your TV will be internet. Or I guess it might be built into the TVs as well. Uh, but I guess it's all going to run through that. And it's going to be, you know, 
interesting to see what, what happens. Revolution exactly indeed. Um, and look, I, I just want to segue slightly back to the A-League and, and specifically talk about what impact this has for the A-League. And I, I've kind of thought about it in two ways. There's two ways to look at it. And, you know, one is an optimistic way and the other is, I guess, what I'd call as the call the realistic or pessimistic view. So, first of all, you know, if Foxtel remain completely EPL free, then you could mount a case that Foxtel therefore have more money in the kitty, which would then position the FFA and the A-League to broker a better deal for the A-League. I read that. I read that. So uh, th- Michael that's Lynch, one way of looking at it that's optimistic. Michael Lynch wrote about that very thing in the Age this morning. I kind of dispute that because I feel like perhaps the reason you why. So do I. <laughs> the, the reason, well, I think the reason perhaps why uh, Fox Sports didn't go hard on the EPL rights is maybe they spent too much money on the AFL and NRL, so maybe there isn't as much money going yeah. into what you think. And I think with the A-League. They're in a in a precarious spot right now because they're trying to figure out a, a free-to-air deal. They could almost be really, uh, I guess, inventive and perhaps go out on their own and sell their own content. But are people going to buy it? So I'm talking about in mm. with, in American sports, uh, the NFL and uh, NBA, for instance, have their own Game Pass where you can buy a subscription just yep, to, yep. to those games. The AFL could do it and they would get away with it because people would buy their Game Pass. So I think they've just... For sure. Just yeah. to start to release something. Would people buy a, a Game Pass to A-League for online, just uh, exclusive subscription? Oh, you, your diehard supporters would. Uh, otherwise, they'd not see their, their team. Um, but, and you, but you can't you can't rely on the diehard supporters to right. pop it's, up. It's the, far too small a market. And specifically here, I want to talk about the football market. And, and this is my more, quote, realistic slash pessimistic viewpoint the loss of a huge football market, which is the English Premier League crowd, is that's, the lo- that's a loss of the biggest football market in Australia. That's what people watch. Um, and to me, that necessarily, or you know, unavoidably leads to less people watching the A-League as well, which puts a smaller price tag on the A-League TV rights. And that's what I think will be the outcome of the Premier League no longer being on Fox Sports. So, yeah, it ends up in less people watching the A-League. Yeah, I mean, if EPL lovers ditch Foxtel, it will mean less numbers, um, football fans, you know, less people potentially watching watching uh, football, uh, Australian football. So, if I'm a, you know, Euro snob that just likes to watch Liverpool every week, you know, occasionally I might watch an A-League game because I have it, you know, and it's part of what I pay for already. It's a massive flow-on effect for those people. So... They'll, you know, I'll, I'll happily pay for knowing that I get, you know, the full suite of sports. But there, there are some people that, you know, won't just do it for the A League exclusively. We're talking about ninety or a hundred dollars a month for some people, particularly if you go for the HD channels. So, yeah, look, it's, it's a really um, precarious situation now for the A League, and it doesn't help that we have this Wellington Phoenix issue happening right now, and we're in the midst of perhaps arranging a new TV deal. I yeah have some concerns about this. I think eventually what will happen, as I said on the um, on the forum yesterday, I think the the services will eventually cannibalise themselves. So we'll get a whole bunch of companies, the bigger companies, maybe like your Google and Apple, buying out these streaming services and combining them into one, and then they'll start going after the sports um, such as the AFL and things like that to broadcast online. But in the short term. It's it's an issue, especially for something as as wavering as the A League, where we we rely on, I guess, just having having it available 
um, readily so people can just turn on it and flick it on rather than have to go out and search for the content because right now that's how TV works. You don't discover TV shows just by flicking a channel anymore. You discover it by going out and getting it yourself. You go and download yeah. it or you go and click on it. So that's the same with sport. You, you don't... You don't you, at the moment, you're, you're watching it because you flick on it, but in the future, you're going to have to go out and watch it because you want to watch it. Use a pace. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. not just because it's on. So, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting time. As I said, it's a, it's a revolution that we haven't seen since, I reckon, the start of TV and also perhaps the start of the internet. Uh, there's obviously been a fair bit of anger on social media directed at Foxtel. There, a lot of people are jumping off. There's one person I, I think we haven't thought about in this whole thing. Mm. It's a man who has the best job in the world and he's about to lose it. <laughs> so I'm just picturing Daniel Garb. I'm just going to – I don't know what Daniel Garb's into. Yeah. I'm just going to make up a story. I'm probably going to get sued again. And look, for those that don't know who Daniel Garb is, he's the luckiest man on the planet. He just gets to spend his time in England uh, game to game going to awesome venues and no doubt after parties and – Exactly. Meeting people. He's a young guy. He he works one or two days a week on the weekend. Does <laughs> does it like a five minute piece on the game at you know at blockbusters such as Man United versus Liverpool. Then he comes home and he's had you know the rest of the week off. So I'm just picturing <laughs> on Sunday night, obviously London time. He's he's finished his working week. As I said, I'm probably getting sued about this, but um, <laughs> I'm just making this shit up. Don't don't sue me, Daniel. I'm just expecting you know. Uh, um, Imagining on Sunday night, he's he's finished his working week and he's gone out to a nightclub London's in London's West End. Yep, and you know he's got the best job in the world, so he's really arrogant. He's got heaps of cash. He's just he'd he's, be a member at some of the exclusive yeah, clubs. You know, yep, VIP, everything yep. like that. He's just you know he walks into a club, he gets uh goes to the bar, gets the scotch and the rocks, and he just looks out to the dance floor. He sees two girls. He just points at him and says, "Come over." He goes, I'm Daniel Garb. I've got the best job in the world. You're, com- <laughs> you're coming home with me tonight. And, you know, they, they accept. They go straight home with him. So they jump in a black Who wouldn't? cab. They jump in a black cab. And he's, he's in the middle, you know, talking to him and, and you know, just pashing one, one or the other. So he's turning to his left, having a pash, turning to his right, having a pash. The black cab driver in the front's going, this guy is the king. And you know, <laughs> you know how good Daniel Garb is? He's telepathic as well. He can hear thoughts. So he just interrupts the girls and goes, you're fucking right on the king. <laughs> so he walks, he, he gets back to his, uh, his house in, in Trendy. I, I, I went to England once, but I'm not, I, I don't know the Trendy spots. Probably Tell me, Notting Hill, maybe. Notting Hill. Probably, so he takes yeah, him back to Chelsea. a bachelor pad in Notting Hill. And he, he goes to his stereo system. He, 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 um, he puts on some music. What, what music do you reckon he would put on for the girls? <sighs> Ooh. Yeah, Barry White. Barry White was yeah, my exact yeah. thought. So he turns on Barry White. Back from his stereo system, he's got a he's got a bottle of champagne. Mum or uh, probably uh, view, uh, what's it called? Flirt, flirt or something? Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know sh- uh, fancy champagne, but Daniel Garb does. So he dances back with a steely look in his eyes back to the couch with the two girls sitting down. 
pops open some champagne. He just takes a bottle and just raises it up and just pours it in his mouth just seductively. <laughs> and the girls, you know, they're all over him. They're, they're rubbing his, his chest and things like that. And he goes, I am the best person in the world. I've got the best job. So he just spends the whole night just love making passion lead to Barry White while he's on. And, you know, he falls asleep lovingly in their arms and he wakes up in the morning and he just looks to his left, he looks to the right, he goes, fuck, my life is just the best. <laughs> then he checks his phone. And he checks his phone because, obviously, during the uh, overnight in London, the news is broken that Foxtel have lost the EPL rights. And he's got, a, he's got a text message from a Fox Sports producer. He goes, Daniel, we've, you lost, have to come home, mate. we've lost the rights. You have to come home. <laughs> we've, got, we've got nothing left for, for sport, for soccer. <laughs> We have to get a, we're going to have to put you on to uh, the NBL coverage. You're going to be covering games with Dwayne Russell. <laughs> uh, so we need you, we need you to uh, set up in Cairns, and we're going, to, we're going to get you to cover the, um, the basketball with, with Dwayne Russell. And Daniel Garb just says, oh, fuck. game which is a chance at silverware for the uh for the second time or third time i guess this year we've got the uh the melbourne victory taking on perth glory at amy park in what will be hopefully another great game in the history of melbourne victory yeah look it's obviously an excellent chance to add some more silverware to the cabinet um and look we have to be considered slight favorites with this game uh importantly we've not had to travel in the past couple of weeks on the other hand, Perth have had to go to Sydney and back. They uh, sustained some injuries to key players during the week and before their game against Western Sydney. And now they've got to fly to Melbourne as well. So combine that with our home ground advantage and you know the, our grand final win just a few months ago at the same venue, uh, you know, we're in good shape, I think, for this game. Perth, as I said, have some injury clouds over some key players, Castro, uh, Sandor, they both missed their last league game. Uh, and look, defensively, they have uh, Mark Warren at left back. Uh, I, I repeat, Mark Warren at left back. So it's something that um, would be historic for us when you consider that we currently have the championship and premiership trophies in the cabinet. To pick up the FFA Cup as well would be, you know, a treble, I guess, even though it's not be, quite it the same season, it but it's where it might be a treble. I mean, it'd be, it'd be the same year, which is good yeah. enough. We'll, we'll claim it, I we'll guess. We'll claim a treble. We're yeah. arrogant supporters, so we'll probably claim it anyway. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if our recent form against Perth Glory has been the best, but obviously they were, you know, salary cap cheats in the past when we kind of had struggles against them. Uh, the the game on Monday night was encouraging. We had a chance to rest some players towards the end yeah. as well. Uh, who would you like to see? Would you like to see Kalfala get back into the f- some form in this game? I'm a bit uh, worried about his uh, 
his few weeks. But I'm guessing, oh. as I said, I'm, I won't ring the alarm bells too early. Um, but I would like to see him, you know, have a really good game this one. Even though we played on the Monday, it's still the bulk of the week for the the whole squad to get up and be ready for this game on Saturday. I, I think Kev will go in with the exact same lineup as we did against the Phoenix. So, you know, it'll be Broxham again deputising at, at centre-half alongside Del Pierre, who was one of those to get rested towards the end. But crucially, uh, he took Bess off with, you know, a good 20 or so minutes left in the game, 20 or 25. And, look, Bess played the game against Hume. He played against the Phoenix. So it was important and a very wise move by Kev to give him a bit of a spell. And, of course... Um, Carl Valeri, who has been under a bit of an injury cloud. You know, Mahazi came on for him late on as well. So everyone is ripe and ready. Yeah, I think all the stars should align and Melbourne Victory should hopefully get the win. Uh, I'm predicting maybe a 2-1 victory, maybe an extra time. I hope it doesn't go to extra time because, uh, you know, that just means a more, more work, uh, less of a turnaround time for the following A-League game. But there's no way that Kev will not be... Um, throwing everything into this game and making sure that everyone's aware of it. And look, even though um, we have to obviously pay for tickets for this game and it's not, um, you know, part of our membership, 40 bucks isn't too bad for a cup final. I've seen some discussion on the forum about the tickets being too expensive. Um, look, it is a cup final. Uh, it's th They don't come around all the time. So, look, I, I don't think 40 bucks is too much to to part with for a historic occasion like this. Uh, yeah, I kind of agree, but I think there's also an element where the FFA just think Melbourne fans will pay anything because they turn yeah, up always. Potentially, but I'm, I'm sure that the price wouldn't have been too dissimilar in Adelaide last season for the FFA Cup. And look, 40 is what, about 10 or $12 on top of what you would pay as a paying adult for a home and away game. So, But yeah, look, I, I'd expect a, you know, at least 20,000 people there next Saturday night. What do you reckon? Uh, I would say if it's a cup final, it should should be selling out. Should but be, yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's a chance to make history winning an FFA Cup. So uh, get down there and hopefully see the Vuck win. Yep. That'll be it for, for Vuck's sake this week. We had no guest. Uh, I did speak with Dave during the week that when we don't have a guest, we have our lowest ratings. Hopefully <laughs> hopefully this week we've, uh, we've talked enough shit to get some ratings higher. Yeah, and look, listeners, um, we actually have some uh, pretty shit-hot guests lined up for the next sort of three or four episodes. We've actually got them penciled in. We won't give away too much now, but uh, you'll be excited by the guests, some pretty big Vuck stars coming on to the show. Yep. Exactly right. So we'll uh, we'll leave you guys for this week. Uh, we hope you back a winner of the Melbourne Cup. Are you betting today, Dave? Are you betting today? Uh, yes, yes, I am. Um, old mate Shmoo on the forum has given me a tip. I think it's the favourite. Uh, God, I don't even know the name. Always of back those favourites. We hope yeah. you back a winner, and we'll see you next week.
Hi, I'm Dr. Gamma Verdian from Dental Lounge. Would you like to increase your success, whether it be personal success or career success? Studies have proven that enhancing your smile can enhance your quality of life in every way. I've seen hundreds of patients for porcelain veneers and smile makeovers with amazing results. Simply tap the banner and book your free consultation and I'll be happy to show you. And best of all, ask about our interest-free payment plans. Dental Lounge Macquarie Street. Create success with your smile.